The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Okay, today we're going to talk about lifecycle marketing. Eric Huberman is the founder and CEO of Hawk Media, a marketing consultancy. Hawk Media has grown from a niche consulting practice to a plug-and-play marketing arm that serves clients that range from startups, growth stage companies, and even the Fortune 500. In this episode, Eric is going to walk us through his company's approach to creating and setting expectations, campaign evaluation, and how to nurture leads. Here's our interview with Eric Huberman from Hawk Media. Eric, great to have you on the podcast today. And why don't we start off by you telling us what your company does and what's your role? Sure. Basically, Hawk Media is an outsourced CMO and marketing team to companies. So kind of the happy medium between hiring a team in-house and hiring an agency where you get this a la carte month-to-month expertise, meaning like a Facebook marketer or an email marketer, et cetera. Whatever you need, you spin up the team and it's super flexible. And I'm the founder and CEO. So you mentioned a couple different channels already in terms of marketing. Tell me about your staff and what's the breadth of services that you cover? Sure. Uh, Staff at this point, we're four years old. We're over 130 people, cover a lot of services. We have kind of five silos here. Strategy, which is that outsourced CMO piece. Um, Media, which is Facebook, search, podcast, traditional, meaning like radio, TV, billboards, etc., We have email marketing, which also encompasses SMS and chatbots and Facebook Messenger. So all the kind of like ongoing messaging to customers. Then we have content, influencer, and social content all fall into kind of one. We built a whole content studio here. Creative, which includes web design, graphic design, and all sorts of the creative aspect of the process. And that covers it. So tell me a little bit about your background. What led up to you founding Hawk Media? What was your experience? And how did you decide how to position the company? So basically, background is e-commerce. So I've had three of my own e-commerce companies, one in music and two in fashion. Sold both of the fashion companies. And about four and a half years ago, just started advising and consulting a bunch of brands on how to grow revenue. Some really big ones like Red Bull and Verizon, down to a lot of startups and everywhere in between. And just saw the challenge that like there were two options to executing on marketing. It's either hire an in-house team or hire an agency. And what I found was hiring in-house isn't cost effective. That's if you can find and attract the talent. So a lot of companies end up resorting to like hiring these jack of all trades, master of none. And it's just not a really good option. It's a lot of opportunity cost loss there. 
So the other option becomes agencies. But what I found was 99% of agencies have no experience in actually successfully growing a brand. So they're usually just selling snake oil. And then the few that are any good tend to be really expensive, want long contracts, high minimums, something that makes them hard to work for, for someone that's just trying to enter the market. So just got sick of the ecosystem and decided to build what we built, which is kind of that happy medium. So how do you define the difference between Hawk Media and an agency? It's a lot of the nuances about how we work. You know, you're working directly with the team that we're putting on. So like when you build it, let's say you're a medium-sized business, you need a Facebook person, an email person, a designer, and an overall marketing strategist. You're working with specific people. So you're building a part-time team just in our offices where you're working with the same people, you're building those relationships, you're there building that intrinsic knowledge, but everything's transparent. So you get all the benefits of hiring an in-house team of You're gaining knowledge ongoing. You're building those relationships just like you would with an internal person, but you're getting it at a fraction of the price because you don't necessarily need all these people full time. So with us, you get them fractionally and there's an efficiency there. And then the benefits of agency come from, you know, seeing the forest from the trees, getting shared knowledge, getting economies of scale on the media buying side, all those kind of benefits we bring to the table as well. So the idea was best of both worlds and the benefits of both, but that in between. So I'm going to go back to the question, what do you call that type of service? Are you a consultancy? Yeah, we definitely use consultancy versus agency. Okay. Tell me about who are the types of customers that you serve and who gets the biggest benefit out of that model? It's pretty wide. So it's kind of a, for us, a bell curve, really early or small companies that are just getting going. Our fees start at $2,000 a month. So anyone that can afford that can really work with us on very small scale stuff. So we can work with like companies out of people's bedrooms, like really, really early little mom and pop shops. And honestly, at this point, we generally like to start around a $10,000 marketing budget, including ad spend all in to really be able to create effect. Because what we've found is companies where their budgets are smaller than that shouldn't be hiring anyone yet. They should be putting those dollars straight into the advertising or marketing and still managing it internally, like by themselves. Like if you can't afford to spend $5,000 in advertising, why would you hire a $40,000, $50,000 employee to run it. That's kind of what we've seen more recently. So we try to stay around 10, but we can go as low as that. So we work with a lot of very small companies on that side. And then it scales up. Probably the core of our business are the $1 to $20 million companies trying to scale. So they've got traction. They see that there's a product market fit, and now they need to grow it. We jump right in. That's a really, really core part of our business. But we also get a lot of business in like the Fortune 100 and 500 space on new product launches, team augmentation, bringing new blood in. So whether it's a sandbox to test new marketing channels they haven't tested before, and they don't want to go just try to figure it out themselves. They want an expert, so they'll bring us in. Or they're launching a new product and they can't reallocate resources to that. So like we help launch the Red Bulletin. We have done this with a lot of big companies where they bring us in on just a small piece of it. So you mentioned a couple of the different products that your consultancy provides. Can you run me through that list one more time? So it's a pretty robust list in terms of like all the detailed services, but in terms of the departments that all of these fall under, it's strategy, media buying, email marketing and CRM, content and influencer, and creative. So talk to me a little bit about the life cycle of marketing. The first thing we do is set up a scoreboard as to what does success look like. And then if it's a new company, we take all the data and knowledge we have from all the companies we've already worked with to try to leverage that industry knowledge for that company. If it's someone that already has traction, frankly, competitive knowledge is not as valuable other than knowing if their metrics are where they should be. And then it depends on the channel. So like for media buying, we're absolutely tracking ROI. But one thing you have to take into account there that we often see ignored is purchase cycle. 
Most companies have a consideration period on a purchase from the first time someone sees the company to when they actually buy something. And most people understand this on an anecdotal level, but when they look at their ROI on marketing, they're looking at it by day by day or week by week, forgetting that when you advertise to someone, they don't buy right away generally. A lot of times people will cut off marketing and it's cutting off your nose to spite your face because you don't even have the real data yet. So it sounds like the first thing that you're trying to do is set up some benchmarks to understand how to monitor success and then also understanding the time it takes for a product's marketing to mature. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on what are the sort of keys that you look at to understand how long the product marketing lifecycle is, how many impressions someone needs. Honestly, on a personal level, I less tracked it on impressions. It's honestly more time, assuming you're doing everything right from a retargeting perspective and an email nurturing perspective. It's a timeline. And what we've seen there is the highest correlation on that timeline is the average cart. So for a $50 average order value, we usually see about a three-week purchase cycle, give or take. It goes to five weeks for 100 bucks, about six weeks for $200. And then it slowly tapers off to like maybe two to three months on the outside. And obviously, this depends on the product and if there's a factor of timing on it. But if it's an impulse type of buy that someone could just buy it at any moment, like clothing, beauty products, fashion products, etc., that's usually the rule of thumb with those. Super interesting. It also brings up a point that you are specifying you're focused on products. Does Hawk Media specifically focus on e-commerce, something that is a physical sale? Or have you done SaaS products and things that are not necessarily direct purchase related? We've done all of the above. So we're about 65% e-commerce, probably about 25% SaaS and about 10% everything else. Again, the numbers I just gave in terms of average cart, that's also varies. That's the ballpark that we start with on a product level for e-commerce. 
but we measure that and get the accurate picture of what that average is with every company we work with. I'm interested to hear, do you have any sense of what the average timeline for campaign maturity would be for SaaS products? Not offhand. We do have a whole data platform I could probably look into. And I don't think SaaS, you can bucket it the same way because it just depends on the problem you're solving. Hawk Media is an example. Our average retainer is $8,000 a month. But the thing is, we're taking over an aspect of the company that that's a very normal price point. If we were charging $8,000 a month for as an email software, we'd probably have a lot longer purchase cycle. So it just, I think, depends on where you're implementing and what you're taking over as what problem you're solving and where the ROI comes in on that. I think that for SaaS, where it's specifically software, not services, the price point is obviously going to be a big factor, just like it would with e-commerce. Sure. Where you're saying a product like Hawk Media, I would sort of bucket that as a professional service, which I would imagine has a much longer turnaround time. And that's a fair assumption that I would make the same thing. But from our data, our numbers are very, very in line with what we see on the SaaS side. So our purchase cycle for Hawk is 27 days, I think is average for an $8,000 order from first time meeting someone to when they sign is usually around 27 days. It's a yes or no. What's the next step once you have a sense of how long it takes for someone to drive a conversion? And it all depends on what stage the business is in. So if there's a lot of data analyzed and actually learned from, that's great. Sometimes there's not. We just have to use just our knowledge from the industry. Benchmarks. Yeah, exactly. And we'll put together a plan that we think is the best one to go forward with and then set a benchmark, set expectations, and then launch with what you think would be the best foot forward and monitor it. So during that purchase period, you're watching for early indicators like click-through rates, leads, and even conversions. What kind of early conversions are we getting? So just watching those indicators of ROI on that advertising, as well as making sure to do all the things right to convert it. And depending on the product, building some third-party validation or trust, because If it's anything you ingest or anything you have to be cautious about, people are going to be looking for testimonials, reviews, press, etc. So talk to me a little bit about your toolkit. What are some of the channels that you see growth in terms of your MarTech stack? And what are your workhorses or go-to sources of driving traffic and revenue? We continue to see success in Facebook and Instagram marketing for any type of brand that you can create demand for. So the important thing to look at with any time it's top of the funnel stuff, whether it's Facebook, search, all these different advertising channels, is the context in which someone's on it when you're advertising to them. The reason Facebook and Instagram have had so much success is because when someone's on those platforms, frankly, they're not doing anything productive. So you can target the exact person that fits your customer profile with hopefully a good piece of good advertisement at a time when they're basically telling you they're bored and not doing anything. So the performance there is pretty massive from the top of the funnel for that type of business. But if you're something like a DUI attorney and you just need to be there when someone needs help for a DUI, Facebook's not going to do very much because there's not a lot of social indicators that say this person's going to get a DUI. So maybe there are a few and maybe there could be a research around that. But it's a lot easier to go onto Google and just be there when someone says, I need a DUI attorney. So it's that context of like, are you looking for someone that has actual intent right now? Or are you looking for someone to create new demand? So it's answering existing demand versus creating new demand is how I look at those two channels. So again, it depends on what type of product or service we're working with. Search is a lot more beneficial to Hawk Media, but Facebook and LinkedIn have been good markets because even though someone may not need marketing help right now, getting us in front of who could potentially be our customer, we're able to target those people and have the right type of business that works. After that, really important to nurture that traffic because again, back to the purchase cycle, not everyone converts right away. So we always want to plug in some sort of email service provider and do drip campaigns and some automation around it. So 
For e-commerce, we use Klaviyo a lot, K-L-A-V-I-Y-O, along with a few others, Amarsis, Bronto. There's some good ones depending on different products fit different companies better. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we're getting a lot more into SMS messaging and actually are working in partnership with a new SMS platform coming out that we think is going to be kind of a game changer because we're giving them all the feedback of here's the things we need for our clients and they're putting them in. And we've done that before with other softwares, including Klaviyo. And then chat messenger, etc. And retargeting. like Those are all the pieces of the nurturing. And so how we look at marketing in general are kind of three pillars. It's this awareness, which is all the advertising I've been talking about. Nurturing, so what you do after you get that awareness. And the last piece being trust. Because a lot of people, whether it's a fashion company, we just want to make sure the stuff doesn't fall apart and shows up like it looks on the internet. Or it's a supplement that we want to make sure we don't die when we swallow it. People are looking for that third-party validation. So that's influencer marketing, press, testimonials, content, etc. You mentioned sort of the nurture stage and retargeting. What are some of the other things you do to stay in front of a customer who may or may not have given you their contact information? So yeah, if they're not willing to, which what we've seen is about 10 to 20% of people are, the rest, a lot of times, obviously, quite a few of those people are just not interested. So kind of let them go. But uh, we, a lot of times, will cookie a computer most of the time and do what's called retargeting, which is everyone's seen those ads that follow you over the internet after you visit a website. So we'll focus on that and like building a good funnel based on what they did on the website, targeting them with different ads. Okay, that's a great stopping point. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Eric Huberman for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow morning, Eric is going to talk us through how Hawk Media looks at marketing funnels for their clients, how they develop credibility for brands, and how they allocate budgets between proven and test marketing channels. If you can't wait for the second part of this interview and you'd like to learn more about Hawk Media, go to hawkmedia.com. That's H-A-W-K-E media.com. If you'd like to read the transcript of this podcast, we've published it on martechpod.com. A special thanks to the subscribers of the MarTech Podcast. Uh, If you're a subscriber, we want you to feel like a member of our community. So if you ever have any questions, comments, or if you'd like to be a guest on our show, feel free to reach out to me directly at podcast at benjshap.com or on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Our handle is LLC. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our interview with Eric Huberman, we've got some great episodes lined up over the next few weeks. So if you're interested in learning about topics like direct mail, growth hacking, B2B marketing, hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.